0: Welcome back to Probably About Politics. This week, thoughts and feelings. Why why does any of this matter, Kaylee? Why do we do this? Why do we take a day or two every week or two or month to sit down and record this? And why should our dozens of listeners take half an hour out of their time every day or week or month or six months to sit down and listen to what we have to say?
1: Well, Alex, I think we should really dive into this crisis that you're having.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's the thing. Why have I been doing this (laughs) for years now? Um, Nobody knows. I don't know. But
1: yeah, I think it's a a good question. And we're spending a lot of time on it. We are maybe going to adopt a regular posting schedule. Who knows?
0: So we should assess. It is. Actually, we do have a regular posting schedule. And if anybody can figure out the pattern... (laughs) uh, you win a free probably a politics sweater. Yeah. If you can figure out the pattern and predict to within a day when we'll upload our <laughs> next episodes.
1: Yeah, it's complex algorithm. It turns out also we're incredibly, we're genius is in a lot of fields. We're starting a math politics or a math podcast <laughs> after this
0: one. Uh, tune in yeah that's what we do we drop the episodes when the zeitgeist is just right (laughs) when there's a perfect amount of news out there and we gauge mostly the twitterverse Uh, that's how we that's how we decide when to drop an episode
1: uh, i thought we were doing it based on the stars
0: well maybe that's why it's not it hasn't been consistent because sometimes (laughs) upload i upload and sometimes you do (laughs) and sometimes it's the stars and sometimes it's however twitter's feeling yeah uh but more seriously Really, the reason why we started this podcast and why we thought it was important was back in 2015, 2016-ish, there was a lot of American politics, Mm. obviously. And uh, Canadian politics, too. And Canadian politics. Uh, Mainly, a lot of our friends were all talking about American politics constantly. And we did, seemingly, I remember, think to talk, we, we thought, why don't we make a podcast about Canadian politics, sort of, and then we decided, never mind. Canadian <laughs> politics is too small scale. Let's go everybody's politics.
1: Yeah, and I think you can. It's so easy to get yeah get really stuck in the minutia of of your own politics with Canada, or then if being so close to Canada it, or being so close to the U.S., it was so easy to just just never not talk about what is happening south of the border. And, and we, I think I feel it the most when I see like the one headline about a terrible thing happening somewhere else. And then I'm like, I realized that I didn't know anything else about what was happening in that area. Exactly.
0: And having so many friends that, that want to talk about politics and say like, and I, I would, and I do this too still mm-hmm. is say that I like politics and like to talk about politics and then only read american political news yeah (laughs) and and really miss out on the other what 7.2 billion people on oh yeah uh like to have uh political discussions and never talk about the politics of really any of south america except for maybe brazil Mm -hmm. any of any of europe even other than maybe germany and the uk sometimes yeah uh, and maybe Greece, which was our first episode, <laughs> uh, and then really never talk about African politics. Talk about not, not, not even really talk about Chinese politics. Really talk about China. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I just found that we were really missing out on a whole lot, and for that, uh, missing out on really what the political spectrum really could be, and what there, what there is really to talk about.
1: And it certainly, I think, if you were listening to us in the first season, like, we were not chasing the headline elections. We we went to some pretty <laughs> obscure little places. And, like, so we learned about the elections, but y- you kind of learn in talking about the elections, you learn a lot about the area that they're in, what's going on at the moment, even beyond the politics. And, and so that was, that was pretty interesting to me. I feel like I now I had something to say on Kyrgyzstan and, like how else was I going to get something to say? So, so the, yeah, it's a combination of, like, I was tired of hearing about my own politics, and uh, it was an interesting chance to Google a lot of things I'm pretty interested in. Do you think we can get Google to sponsor me? <laughs>
0: Brought to you in part by Alphabet and their subsidiary, <laughs> Google. In fact, though, tr- trying to find these elections on Google News is often, like, like it doesn't you don't have that many hits for a lot of this stuff uh which is i don't know kind of frustrating but i should be happy that it even exists at all for free oh really
1: yeah i think like broadly it's good and then just sometimes like some of the countries we're hitting like also just don't really have a free press so
0: there's that element of it (laughs) which right there a reason why this is an important thing to do, Mm -hmm. right? We're going to talk about reasons not only why we have this podcast and why we think it's important and why we do it, Mm -hmm. um, but also why it's important to care about politics in other countries or just other countries in general. (laughs) And I think you touch on a great point, is that often in Canada, even, people complain about uh, press freedom. Mm -hmm. And obviously this is... This is something that we should constantly fight for here. I'm not saying that we have a perfect uh, system. Uh, We do have one of the, according to indices, we have uh, one of the most free presses in the world. But it is, I think, important to learn about how things have gone wrong Mm -hmm. in other countries and also what led them to that spot. And finally, what other countries are doing potentially better that we can take lessons from here and how you can learn rather than just from your own history, but by looking at, you know, world history and even contemporary politics, because you can, instead of looking at the past of one country Mm -hmm. to find all of these different things, you can look at, current contemporary news and you can hit on pretty much every strain of politics that has been in Canada in the last (laughs) 150 years. Yeah. uh, You can find in a country right now somewhere going on. Uh,
1: Yeah. And I think, I think it's definitely that is, that's a good point. I think, You kind of I think especially if we talk about like our neighbors to the south um, and sort of the conversation about like what was happening there, like it was unique and brand new. But if like you widen your lens of the world, you immediately realize that simultaneously there is a movement of strong leaders happening around the world or that things are happening in the world that are worse or similar or have recently happened that are like this. And there are warning signs in that. And yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, it's very easy to kind of get wrapped up and think like, this is only, this is only happening here in Canada, or only happening here in the US or only happening wherever you are. But again, like Canada is a young country. And so our history of democracy is not long and is based on a very certain, very long history of democracy. So, you know, there's elements of it that exists. All over the world, and it's highly highly relatable, I think
0: yeah, exactly and I feel like actually getting to look at these things happening in other countries teaches us so much about our own and it makes you I don't know it just makes me feel like not alone in this. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, especially when uh, say a country has had a, an election like a year prior and then you have a result somewhere locally that uh is not necessarily to what you wanted mm-hmm. to happen and then you can see other places where this has more like recently happened mm. uh and you can follow what the developments were you know a year or two into into that and it's not it's not necessarily always comforting no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh but i, I, I don't know it, it really shows that life does go on i think yeah despite as as much as as much as things can be bad and how different things are in different places, it really is a lot of the same. Yeah, <laughs> which is, which can be comfortable. I
1: think yes. Yeah, so on that point, I think yeah. You're bringing up something that re- I think is really important uh, to me. Is to is yeah. So you look at an election, and and so you, I think when we talk about these elections, you simultaneously get. A really good opportunity to see the things that are going wrong in a country that we maybe could improve on or the ways that their system works is similar to ours that could be a vulnerability but i think you also get yeah you really get to see the ways there are still like humans within this country that are carrying on their lives that have like a a dictatorship can seem like so big and oppressive or or a non-free sort of election an election that is certainly questionable can and make it seem like really that 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 means that there's nothing else happening in this country. It can kind of turn them into a bit of a black box of like no freedom of press and that sort of stuff. But they are also still a people who, who are participating in this democracy and who have interests like their, the housing taxes, the taxes they're paying the pricing of housing and, and those issues inform the decisions that they're, they're making and will continue to inform them even after they've made the decision,
0: I guess. I feel sometimes like none of this even matters <laughs> because you look at different countries that we cover, and from the headlines that we see mm-hmm. or what you would like picture in your head uh, before you actually learn about some place, mm-hmm. you'd think that it would be that like these people are like terribly sad every day because <laughs> of because of the headlines that you see uh but people just they just go on, <laughs> yeah and. Not to say that it's, you know, great fun and self-actualizing to live under an oppressive regime, Mm -hmm. but there's time every day where you don't necessarily pay attention to the big problems in your life. Mm -hmm. And despite, you know, chaos can be happening around you or generally like big picture things are are going wrong or going very right. And then on the small scale, things can be the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. You can be... So like there could be uh, many people in the last uh, year and a half or two years in America (laughs) who may disagree greatly with the uh, current, or even here in Canada, uh, disagree with the current political regime, but have had historic years for themselves on a personal level. Yeah. And I think this has really shown me that, I mean, it's hard to really get, I think normally we try to touch on sort of one, we touch on like a a major headline issue, obviously, Mm -hmm. and the... The issues that are affecting the leaders, but I think we do try and touch on a a smaller issue in sort of maybe one province of a Mm -hmm. country or something that's smaller, that's uh, different on a local level, or uh, I think we touch on generally a lot of uh, minority issues, Mm -hmm. or at least we try to, uh, especially in the way that, generally in a way that uh, affects the uh, political identity. So the way that like proportional representation lists are made and whatnot but i think that's one of my favorite parts is kind of giving a uh, a humanizing view of of what we call a country rather than uh just people deciding something together
1: yeah and i think that's kind of what i like about like the format we're in and so we're recording these podcasts and we can't if we're gonna do a 20 to 30 minute podcast we couldn't just cover the headline so it 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 really does no matter what we'd have to dive in i think both of us are naturally a little bit more curious about digging into the the what else is going on here but i think that the exciting thing about not being like just a newspaper or just being like somebody reading the world headlines is that yeah we can stop and take a minute and be like yeah but what else is is happening here i think also on that angle for me something that is has also been humanizing is uh or interesting in its way of of humanizing is i think some of these countries that we've covered have a very particular reputation for what their democracy is and when we cover it like we can still usually like a lot of the time we're like oh yes it's not great it's not ideal but there are aspects of it that are working or there are aspects of it that are interesting Mm -hmm. it's not it's not it's not as simple as a strong man dictating what's going to happen. There's more going on in the political system itself, which I think is really important when you think about, well, I think ripping from the headlines, like a country like Iran, when we covered that, we learned that it's wildly complicated how that system works. But if you listen to uh, the tweet from the guy who shall not be named, you'd think it's it's pretty simple.
0: (laughs) Seeing non-ideal situations, (laughs) let's call them, So like when we were were following the uh, Russian election Mm -hmm. and we were following it uh, leading up to the actual election, if you want to call it that, uh, for quite some time. And I think probably of the two things that I've learned and I have found most important from doing this show for a few years now uh, and what I hope that our listeners take away from and why I really think this is important is, one, what we can take away from other countries, so different voting systems, Mm -hmm. but two, on your point is specifically, particularly in the Russia episode is people who actually are happy with the way things are mm-hmm. who you might not necessarily who don't who don't seem to be the beneficiaries mm-hmm. of the system that's in place. Yeah. And that to me has been uh the most eye opening thing. Especially when we talked about the Rush episode because there was enough there was enough uh coverage of mm-hmm. it that you could find smaller, more uh local or personal stories and people who um really are from my point of view and i think from a lot of people's point of view negatively impacted Mm -hmm. by uh vladimir putin and the choices that he makes yeah and the uh opinions in russia who still or vote vote i guess (laughs) for um for that particular candidate Mm -hmm. and this is i don't understand it yet but I have found it, I have found that the most eye-opening in that you might, like, I might read, read about something and think, well, okay, well, this is, you know, the right thing to do for you. Yeah. And then it's, it's always just humbling and (laughs) eye-opening to see, uh, different decisions being made and like understanding or trying to understand them and really like, I think it really broadens, uh, your own horizons. Mm To see other people making these choices, and I, I, I find that the most um, interesting and kind of most complex.
1: Yeah, I think it's also I found it really. I agree with you. I found it very important. Like I think with this with with decisions that like me in my very specific situation in life um look at and i'm like it, this is crazy like like brexit it's so easy and i and like it's so easy to just like fall into people who are having a discussion who are just like me about it and saying like basically saying the people who voted for it are stupid and it's like it's very easy to sort of fall into that that conversation and just be like yet yeah, like i don't i can't see the logic and all that sort of but then you like start digging into it and you realize like no it's you can't just sweepingly say that they were racist that. It, it's certainly more complicated than that in 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 terms of like an election like or a vote like brexit um and i think mm-hmm. similarly with russia you realize that it's it's not as simple as they were just voting for vladimir putin there's there's a perception um and and humans don't make the best choice for themselves necessarily like it's 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 far more complicated than pros and cons i think uh and and i think you can really see that in a lot of yeah a lot of elections we've covered
0: i find it very interesting that i think it's easier to find uh middle ground mm-hmm. when you're looking at somebody else's election <laughs> because i don't feel so emotionally invested mm-hmm. and i don't have i haven't you know grown up for the last quarter century mm-hmm hearing like these political party names and these problems. And I don't have parents who voted a certain way. And I don't, oftentimes I, I have no idea going Mm -hmm. into this. So you basically read the Wikipedia page for one party, read the Wikipedia page for another (laughs) party. And oftentimes they both say, wow, both of these parties have done horrible things (laughs) and both of them have done good things. And I think making that leap in and trying to start understanding things provides potentially uh a, a dangerously withdrawn view mm-hmm. um but I think it also allows to to see the middle ground mm-hmm. and then especially going into it not knowing anything other than if you look, if you watch our political spectrum episode <laughs> oftentimes they'll have the uh ideology of the of the party or the candidate in the top right of the wikipedia page but if you but often I find as we talked about in that episode. Those terms mean different things, different places. (laughs) (laughs) Oftentimes, uh, there can be two candidates who allegedly align on that who have very different views. Yeah. So I think that is, I find it really interesting that we both have have found that we've learned more about like how people make choices for Mm -hmm. themselves and not just judging them. Yes. And it's weird how it's easier to do that with people who live tens of thousands of kilometers away. Not that people in our own country don't live thousands of kilometers away from each other. Um, Uh, I currently live very far
1: away from the people of my country.
0: Exactly. But I find that interesting in that distance kind of allows us to take this step back Mm -hmm. and really uh, think of everybody as like smart people Mm -hmm. who are making their own choices and they have reasons for making those choices other than being, you know, stupid old racists (laughs) or, or, you know. Young naive idiots who just want to spend other people's money, or whatever stereotype you may have of a certain group of people, I find that almost a little disheartening, but also uh, a great reason why you should listen to probably about politics and more even just read the news about the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I think that I like what we're doing because I think it makes reading the news maybe I hope it makes reading the news of the world a little easier or like this is a better way of digesting it for you because i think it's hard to read the world news like i think that's one thing that i like doing why i like doing our podcast is because reading the world world news means you are really you start with the worst and the biggest headlines and then you kind of have to dig mm-hmm. to get to the to the more interesting the things that are also happening at the same time or the things that are the reason that thing happened and i think i get a good sense of the, the value of what we're doing or the reason I think we should be doing it is because like getting to take the time to help maybe sift through and give, give even if this is all you get, you have a little more information from it. Yeah.
0: One of our uh, most diligent listeners, <laughs> <laughs> when we were talking about the Q and a episode <laughs> and I asked them if they had any questions that we could talk about and they're talking about how they always were they always wondered this one thing mm-hmm. but they never looked it up <laughs> but for some reason i was like well if you've wondered that for so long why <laughs> why haven't you looked it up and they said well i don't want to i don't want to look it up i want you to look it up and i want you to tell me and i want you to explain it to mm-hmm. me and i think i kind of generally de- like don't really value that very mm-hmm. much in other like I listen to podcasts and I watch a lot of educational content um, and I don't know why I've never really put two and two together like yeah. that in that there's some <laughs> things that I just don't really want to look up and I want you to find the interesting stories for me. And I guess people have just been doing that for me my whole <laughs> life. So I don't see them like, well, why would anybody have to do that? It's just already put together nicely like that. Yeah, um, And that's some. Um, that's something that has opened my eyes about this is that it actually takes a hell of a lot of work <laughs> <laughs> to <laughs> dig through like twenty thirty forty articles and read and read and read and then synthesize what I hope is somewhat of a coherent message on <laughs> a topic that isn't that is reasonably well informed and doesn't miss a huge part of a story,
1: yeah, I think um. Like also in in the re- the the lessons that we've sort of or the the episodes not the lessons we've been doing for the last um,
0: they're lessons, Kaylee. Yeah, they're okay, so people are learning for the, their lessons
1: <laughs> on on sort of like the different different sections of democracy we thought would be important foundational stuff. I like I think I was humbled more than a few times, like digging through and realizing, oh, I should have if we're going to talk about the, if we're going to talk about uh, the political spectrum, we're going to talk about bicameralism or those of things like i should have the answer for this and like i have a university degree i've spent a lot of time in very like in foundational courses that like in theory i should know the answer to this and then just like really humbled by like the question about the democracy (laughs) and how it works that i needed answers to and just like how hard it is sometimes to find those answers like it's, it's yeah you have like yeah you're like well, broadly, I understand, but this niche little aspect of it would be good to know, but isn't easy easy to know. Or like asking embarrassing. And it can feel embarrassing to ask questions like the difference between liberalism. But then you talk to someone like me, who in theory should know, and also I'm a little vague on the difference in the, <laughs> <laughs> the different liberalisms.
0: <laughs> Are you going to put that on your resume?
1: Yeah, I'm a little vague on the different
0: liberalisms but I figured it out and you can hear about it on probably <laughs> But yeah, I think that's why this is an interesting thing to talk about though mm-hmm. in that despite what experts would have you believe mm-hmm. is that they don't really know. Yeah. <laughs> right? Is that it's such, it's such a fundamental part of who we mm-hmm. are as people, as a society. Like the thing that actually holds us together as like a fabric. Mm-hmm. What just saw, what decides what literally decides what we can and cannot do. Right. (laughs) The people at the very foundation, it's the people who make the laws. Mm -hmm. Right. And so the people who in theory should be, uh, defending your rights and selecting Mm -hmm. the Supreme court, uh, and all these things. And I think it's so, it's something that doesn't lend itself well to simplicity. No. Um, Or description and especially because it's something that many people are constantly trying to find ways to exploit and abuse Mm -hmm. and that in in itself um, makes it very complex Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, and you'll wonder why it's like why why do we need this or why is this the way that we do that and you're like you have to think oh well because bad people (laughs) if if everybody could just get along uh it wouldn't have to be that way um and i think i think that is is something that makes it like overly complex Mm -hmm. is that some of these terms were purposely designed to be opaque Mm -hmm. and obfuscate the actual role of what somebody does um and that that is frustrating but also uh deeply important to learn about the i and i get that i i understand that a lot of people do not care no it's like i don't break the rules and the rules you know are they they come and they go people come in sometimes i have dollar beer sometimes I don't <laughs> right but it is the that to me is why it's so important is that it is like the fundamental bedrock of how we choose to organize ourselves mm-hmm. and i don't i forget who said it but whoever said you know man is a political animal.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I I also I feel bad I don't remember either. <laughs> <laughs>
0: if only we had an expert in politics.
1: But uh yeah, no, I I think I really like I see what you say and the way that you you can kind of go into it thinking that like there's one there's a textbook somewhere that political science students will go and read and then they will know all the different types of like electoral systems that you can have. But then you quickly realize that like, like, yeah, that sometimes they've been shaped for for bad reasons. And then also like we were talking about political spectrum and how like fluid that is. But I think there's no one design that will work well for your country and, and, and like that, that yeah. you can just take from another country and put onto your country. And you can kind of think that like, that, that there is like because there's parliamentary systems in their presidential system. So let's pick one of those and just put it on. But like how they've changed and been shaped has also hugely dependent on like the history of the country um, and, and, and the people in the country now and, and, and over time and, and those sorts of things. And let it
0: be said that there are presidential parliamentary systems right now. <laughs> But throughout the last (laughs) (laughs) tens of thousands or a few really like what 7,000 years of like political organization Mm -hmm. on earth uh, or 15,000 years, depending on how far back you want to go, there have been many more (laughs) uh, forms of forms of government than that. Uh, And these are just the two that we talk about now and that and that we've decided are, you know, the best quote unquote
1: season (laughs) season three of probably about politics. We will be covering the. Change of monarchies. <laughs> One Welcome episode every to 50 probably years. about Despotism. <laughs> <laughs> and I think, and we, I don't think we've necessarily really done this plot, but yeah, you could really, you could really dive into how monarchies, how, how the, those past sort of frameworks, you know, develop the presidential system or develop the systems that we do have now or the variety mm-hmm. of systems that countries have sort of developed. Um, and it's, yeah. And it's, it's wildly important too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But as you're saying, uh, there's not only, there's not one system for every country, no.
1: right? And, and that we should have and and, and then so, but what you can take from that, and I think because if you believe that systems sort of come out of book and are put onto your country, then you believe that like there's nothing to be said but then when you realize that no every country kind of has a different system they have to do it kind of differently then i think you can realize the the impact maybe like not you specifically but like the impact and investment you can have in what the system looks like
0: yeah in that it's not okay well we wrote down these five types mm-hmm. pick one yeah it's okay well people have chosen one of these hundreds of types mm-hmm. let's write them down yeah. and i think yeah looking looking at politics as a uh, from a more like descriptive mm-hmm. point of view in that we call these systems these things because they are similar mm-hmm. not these sim these systems are similar because they are all the same no, yeah yeah or they're all they're they all chose to implement the same thing in and and those two things do feed into each other obviously mm-hmm. right is that the people who end up making these choices of how to organize their countries have read textbooks probably yes <laughs> <laughs> and and many uh many governments are formed from with the aid of other countries or from uh gaining independence from another country mm. or from merging with with other sovereign states uh and and that cannot be that can obviously not be overlooked mm-hmm. uh but i think that is really interesting and it, in, it's that again which it's weird that we keep saying this <laughs> is that it's very humbling uh <laughs> To think that you know, like, you're like, okay, well, yeah, I know about the different forms of proportional representation. Pretty much I got it covered. Mm-hmm. I know, I know different, different ways of voting, different like houses of government and, you know, a few different types. I'm pretty much got it covered. Mm-hmm. And then every single time that you think, okay, understand, I have it all down. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's, I think, embracing that rather than uh, just... Sticking your head in the sand and be like, "Well, it's complicated. Mm-hmm. Other people do whatever the hell they want." Um, I think, yeah, because obviously there's so many there's so many different parts of if you if you read a country's entire constitution, <laughs> then you'll actually figure out how, <laughs> how it's made up. And it's it's weird the things that people end up the way that governments end up looking, despite what's actually written down in the constitution. Mm-hmm. But that, like, actually translating those words into a real like uh, entity, uh, that's a story for a different time. No. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, I think it's just kind of paint painting with broad strokes at first mm-hmm. is what, um, is important to get down, but then it's like embracing these fun little technicalities, yes. uh, fun little technicalities that end up like really changing the way people's lives <laughs> work, <laughs> but yeah. fun technicalities but, nonetheless.
1: I, I think yeah, it, it, it says a lot about maybe about me and I don't know maybe about you as a person, but I, yeah, the, that the. the uh, I sort of have an, a real appreciation for how the minutiae and the very specific and boring can have a huge impact on just the whole picture. Well, exactly.
0: And I think, honestly, a, like an excellent picture of or an ex- excellent uh, explanation of how this works is just in the way that you mark a ballot mm-hmm. like it's something that you would think would it's like well there's a right way mm-hmm. right yeah. and depending depending on what you support you may believe <laughs> there is a right way yes yeah <laughs> uh, and i will i will fight you to the death <laughs> that there is a right way <laughs> um, but and i but it does change for all countries mm-hmm. right obviously but it's something as simple as like how many marks with your pen you make on your ballot mm-hmm. or if you make one or if you just like write something down or and it's all these different things and who gets to who gets to have their name on the ballot mm-hmm. and like these most basic level things and how they can have such a huge impact and then just like you know mm-hmm. multiply that by like a thousand fold for <laughs> every other choice that you make in government yeah. and yeah there's just so many small things that if you don't think about it carefully <laughs> uh you are like oh well it's fine everybody just raise their hand for whoever you want um but it's it's way the those choices have such a huge impact
1: i think um so i i i know this is maybe a little bit different a different angle but i've i've been thinking about it i think another reason that i wanted to start this podcast and and i think that this is harder to explain um, because we're doing a podcast about international elections. But I think what we're for me doing this podcast, I think is really good advocacy for the importance of voting in my own country. You know, like I think like the talking about, like I have, I know I have a lot of friends who don't vote and I think, or who who are like on the fence about voting. And I think that for me also part of the motivation of doing this podcast is like, we've ex- we'll, we're explaining these complicated things that some people will be interested in about how the system works and and hopefully that helps them to vote but i think like just even like the simple question of like like maybe you aren't interested in why we should change the electoral system but i think also i'm hoping that we're contributing convincing you just to go and mark a ballot no like maybe now you know about how you can mark a ballot but even at at the most fundamental level um the the role of voting i don't know if you have any thoughts on it
0: yeah i think learning about i i do think that learning about the political system and how it works mm-hmm. uh and just taking an interest in that way uh really really does have an impact on well for for one it makes it makes what you read in headlines and debates mm-hmm. that you listen to they just make a lot more sense yes first yeah. of all uh so that i think is there's like a there's like a Big barrier of mm-hmm. entry yes <laughs> of and i i have felt this way I, still but uh, i think a lot more in the past um, before i really took an interest in this sort of stuff where it's like you where somebody says like go vote you should vote mm-hmm. and they don't give you any of the tools to understand <laughs> how to vote or like and i know that we don't talk about like how on like a local level like how to go register mm-hmm. to vote and stuff but hopefully what we do talk about gives you the interest in in politics so that like we can keep somebody like give them that extra little push Mm -hmm. to like google how to vote because it's really not that it's not that hard um but it does take it i i totally understand that it does take a motivation and that the barrier of entry is i think um unfortunately uh purposely high Mm -hmm. uh in in discriminatory ways um uh which is unfortunate um and i think what we're doing is is kind of on a larger scale uh trying to get people to vote um and i do and yeah i totally agree that by learning about just politics generally and other people voting and that i think some of like uh the success stories Mm -hmm. let's say that we talk Mm -hmm. about of countries uh in like there's so many countries that talk about where it's like this is their fourth election Mm -hmm. and it's like where you see people going from not having the ability to vote to now having the ability to vote or like big time changes in countries coming from like the last election and then like new zealand having like a prime minister who is (laughs) uh not married who just had a baby yeah uh and it's, like, you can see this huge spectrum, and you're, well, like, wow, yeah. there is progress, and things do change, and maybe, like, I can't, like, it, I, I find it very empowering. Yeah. So things change, and you do have a say. And, like, yeah,
1: like, for me, I think that, like, the New Zealand one was good, but, and, like, I'm, I know I'm sitting in Australia right now and saying this, but the Australian Postal Survey, it was, like, <laughs> oh, there was so much against that being a good thing, and then there were so many things that were going to make, made that hard and unfair but people vo- turned out and voted overwhelmingly and now same-sex marriage is legal in Australia and that there was a real debate on the issue that, and, and in, from my perspective, the right side won, but you know, <laughs> uh, it, that's or the left side. Yeah. One. But I think, and I think it's just, so like, though that's like, especially when you, when it's very easy to only see the headlines of the elections that went wrong or, or the way that things are bad it can be very disenchanting. enchanting, and then and then additionally, I think, like yeah, there's a lot of barriers to entry, and we're we sort of no matter what you spend at least the first 19 years of your life, depending on where you're located, in the in in like Canada, the U.S., or around the world generally is sort of the voting age, mm-hmm. and it's somebody else's responsibility to vote for yeah. you, and then you're just sort of thrust in, and it's like well, somebody else's responsibility. It was it was somebody else's responsibility when I was 17 it it can still be sort of going forward yeah. It's very easy for that to be the case
0: I think yeah I mean generally speaking over an 18 year time span, one political party doesn't hold power mm. uh, And like we just saw like here in Ontario mm-hmm. after 15 years of like a liberal government uh, people wanted change. Mm-hmm. Um, But generally speaking, uh, at the national level, at least, it's gone back and forth a few times, Mm -hmm. right? So I think especially that like you get this like for the first 16 or 18 or 20 years of your life, wherever you are, you see it's like, oh, well, every few years it just changes. And there's no real rhyme or reason. It's like sometimes it's somebody I agree with and I was happy. It's like, hey, it worked and I didn't have to do anything. <laughs> and then sometimes it's like I didn't do anything the same as last time and it's different now. Yeah. So it's like it really feels like you don't but, <laughs> like the political, like the inertia mm-hmm. in your in your own will to vote is yeah. like I didn't do it before. And sometimes it worked out and sometimes it didn't. So like why does it matter now? Yeah. And going out to vote that very first time I think is a real it's a real game changer mm-hmm. at least it was for me at least like yeah. the very first time you go and vote and you're like whoa like you really feel like you're part of something yeah and it's very it's it's really strange watching election results when your vote is part of the count mm-hmm. compared to watching from a distance yeah because you
1: you put a stake into it yeah and exactly but yeah yeah and, and and
0: you're you're responsible for whatever happens now <laughs> <laughs> not not that you're equally responsible if you don't vote you absolutely oh yeah
1: are. i think in and you you bear a burden in a very different way but i think and then also it's like so yeah you spend the first 18 years of your life not having to carry the weight and then on and then there's no one really encouraged like there are people encouraging you but the the political parties the political system in a lot a lot maybe even most countries is not exactly encouraging 18 year olds to go out and hit the polls a lot of the time um just
0: yeah it's like when do you ever see people like you mm -hmm. yeah like we talk so much about the importance of representation in like hollywood in movies on tv of minorities right and it's like and then you look at politics and obviously, I mean, this is like a different, <laughs> this is like on a different scale, yeah. but it's like, you're trying to encourage 18 to 25 year olds to go vote. And it's like, well, nobody, I'm not voting for any 18 to 25 year olds. doesn't look like other 18, to 25 year olds care at all. Yeah. And so like, where do we get that inertia from? Or like, where do we get that kick from to like, want to go and do this thing? Yeah.
1: And I think, yeah, when everybody is like a white old man it's useful to have a podcast where we can go and talk about Jacinda Arden in New Zealand, who is, you know, uh, young, uh, not not that young, but not as young as 18, but younger, a woman, you know. Would you
0: say that to her face, Kaylee?
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, I mean, like, I'm... Just, Jacinda, if you're listening to this, be our guest. Come on, probably about yeah. Politics, season three, co-host, uh, Miss Arden, let's do we it.
1: We love talking about you.
0: You can we we'll we'll say you are as young or as old as you want us to.
1: (laughs) But yeah, no. So I I just I think it's yeah when you can pull on the international scene to see the 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 bad and and the things that are complicated and the things that aren't going well. But you can also pull on the international scene to see the things that are good that you're not seeing in your own country. And I think that yeah that's valuable, good and possible in your own country. Like this is all possible. Uh good and bad
0: so we have talked about a lot of stuff for i think what's going to be a record-setting podcast for probably about (laughs) politics uh to to end off our our summer school episode answering probably the most important question that people constantly ask us is why do you spend your time doing this (laughs) uh and why and why should i care and why should i (laughs) listen So Kaylee, give me your 30 seconds about why national politics matter for people not living in those countries, why they should listen to the podcast, and why we do this.
1: (laughs) Because the world is simultaneously both as complicated and more complicated than you think it is and far simpler than you think it is. And understanding the ways that we are the same and very, very different, I think, and, and, and the way we exist in in this world and then can be changed and that these systems are accessible to us and vulnerable to change, I think is, is key to understanding like the role that you can play in the world.
0: That was excellent so if you want to learn more about the political system potentially in your own country mm, uh we might have done knows? an episode on it if you're like most of our listeners and live in canada <laughs> uh then we definitely have not done it um and we never will <laughs> <laughs> take a look at our summer school episodes if you haven't already and if you've made it to 47 minutes into this episode i'm sure you probably have listened to those already <laughs> uh but we appreciate it and if there's anybody that you know who says that politics are not important and it's just always the same old thing that might be true but they can change it Mm -hmm. and hell maybe one day we'll do an episode on how to run for office oh that could be fun why that's important for people who don't normally run for office to do
1: yeah school's out for the fall
0: yeah follow us next season where Kaylee and I run for office oh (laughs) (laughs) thanks for listening to Probable Politics uh, summer school this is the end of season two this was I think an excellent season we've had just huge gains on everything we got a Twitter we got an email we got these we got these flush sweaters we got these rocking all over the place things are crazy we got fans international we got people listening in peru we got people listening in Colombia, russia we got people listening in russia latvia austria it's amazing we're worldwide as much as we i've always wanted to be worldwide <laughs> we're worldwide so thanks everybody for listening kaylee do you have any thanks to shout out uh
1: thanks mom thanks dad um you definitely have added to the listener tick um but yeah i think i'm excited i think we can add we'll have even more big things next year uh, or for next season and i'm excited to make bigger promises than i can keep
0: find us on a ballot near you (laughs) thanks for listening